0: Everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro. I am Ayman Rashad, and in the studio with me are Ian McNally and Julian Yap. And today we're going to talk about the Crown Season 3. This is Jubilee Day. This is a day
1: as gruelling as the Queen's coronation 25 years ago. On days like today, ask yourself in the time I've been on the throne, what have I actually achieved? Sisters, Congressman,
2: please heed the country is bankrupt, our national security is in tatters. The will of the people has changed. This country was still great when I
1: came to the throne. All that's happened on my watch is the place has fallen apart. We have all made sacrifices and suppressed who we are. It is not a choice.
0: It is a duty. So this is, of course, the continuation of the Crown series that used to star Claire Foy, Matt Smith and Vanessa Kirby. But now they've changed the cast because it's a much older um, queen that we are seeing here. And she is being played by Olivia Colman with Tobias Menzies replacing Matt Smith as Prince Philip and Helena Bonham Carter playing Princess Margaret. So...
2: (laughs) So we both watched this a while ago. I mean, what you binge watched this now to catch
0: up, right? Yes, I watched the first two seasons in like a week and a bit. <laughs> so you liked it, right? I love it. Yeah. I, I what I love about The Crown is the performances. I think the performances of uh, Claire Foy and Matt Smith, especially, really made the show. They are so uh, gripping, and you can really relate to their struggles. Even though I do agree with, you know. The struggles of royalty. Yes. <laughs> it's like Yeah, sure.
2: The struggles Life of, is so hard for you, right? Yeah, the struggles of trying to find your family in a 600-bedroom
0: house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I really love the performances of Claire Foy and Matt Smith. So heading into season three, when they replaced these actors, I did... I still felt a sense of attachment mm. to the uh, to Claire Foy and Matt Smith just because I really loved them in the first two series. And um, I'm still sort of, like, getting over the fact that they're now Olivia Colman and Tobias Menzies. Mm.
2: I do really like the way that, like, I was wondering were they going to do, like, you know, a pan around or something like that to do, like, you know, one mm. actor changing into the other. Mm. Yeah, the no, way- they just... They just did it with Olivia Coleman and the stamps, which is a genius thing to do. It's yeah. just like, well, here's what you look like when you're younger and here's what you look like now. And It's like, yes, one looks like that now. And I
1: think even if they did make it a little bit more dramatic, it wouldn't be fitting for The
0: Crown, would it? Yeah. So I, I binge-watched it right, our first and second season the past week and then went to three. Did you guys do the same before watching season three or just like watched it last year or something. Did we do a show on this earlier in the year? (laughs) I don't know when two came out. I just remember watching it and enjoying it and being hype about it
2: and then knowing about Bottom Carter was coming as well. Mm -hmm. And then watching it and being like, Wait, I think it was a mistake for them to have that first episode with a character who kind of... There's a character in it who betrays the court almost. Mm -hmm. And I was like racking my brains because I'm not English, I'm Irish. Not only do I not have an interest (laughs) in the English crown, I'm actively kind of against them. So for this character, I was like, wait... Was he in the previous seasons? Is he a new actor playing a different character, yeah. or what's going on? I think that was a mistake because it did take a while to get grounded.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of like you know you have Charles Dance in this season as Lord Mountbatten mm. in seasons. I'm not sure if he was in one, but he was definitely in two. Was he? Is another actor, and you can't tell that oh. it's Lord Mountbatten, but you know oh. it's Lord Mountbatten this one because it's Charles Dance. Yeah, I and forgot you to have, have my
2: royal my uh, Windsor family tree ready. <laughs> you do. It. You
1: need kind of IMDb cheat sheet when you watch this. <laughs> and for me, I didn't. I liked the I was very excited for this new cast because I watched one and two as they came out and you know they made it a big deal. Oh my god, we've announced it's Olivia Coleman, it's Helen Bonham Carter and they sort of, and you know, the two side by sides and oh we're gonna be maybe exploring this part of the sixties and this part of the seventies, this pivotal moment. And so I wasn't thrown off by it. Mm. I was really open to it. I don't know how I feel about it. So well, I have why, to say, why? what you were looking for
2: earlier was the Internet Monarchy Database. Sorry, that's what you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, it is, a, it's, it is a weird feeling. I think a lot of that might be down to the fact that the show itself has kind of changed a little bit in structure. Uh, the previous series were literally, look at this young couple thrust into the spotlight. You mm-hmm. know, because she wasn't supposed to... I mean, they go heavy into the background of Queen Elizabeth wasn't supposed to be queen. Her father wasn't supposed to be king. It was supposed to be the... Uncle Edward, who you know, ran off with a lady, <laughs> and there's that element of greatness thrust upon you, and it, it it has that more slice of life feel. I thought we were with the the king, the queen, and um, Philip a lot more in the first season, whereas yep. in this, the third now becomes more like an anthology show.
1: Yeah, because you are, it's one season's over about a decade, right? Yeah. So every episode's sort of a different year, and they pick out the most important moment of that year to portray in one episode, and it's sort of weird why. They've chosen to do this because a lot of the time, if it's a story surrounding just Charles Mm. or just Philip, that's the only character you're going to see. The queen jumps in and out sometimes, whereas before it was just a young woman thrust into a role that she doesn't necessarily want to be in and trying to find her footing as essentially one of the most powerful people in the country.
0: I think that's what made her character interesting in in the first uh, two seasons. You know, her struggle to sort of find her feet as a queen. Um, And maybe that's what made her uh, remarkable or interesting as a character. Whereas in season three, I think it was uh, established pretty early on in the first episode that she's a bit smarter now. She asked the Prime Minister, our pound is falling. Are you going to devalue the pound or whatever? So, So... it just suggests that she is more used to the role and that maybe perhaps takes away the thing that makes her interesting from the first two seasons. Yeah, there's also the
2: fact that like the 30s and 40s are a lot more tumultuous times. than yeah. the, I mean, the 50s and 60s are tumultuous so- socially, but a lot like, you know, we are not getting over the war and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and also she's matured as a woman. She's matured as a queen. She kind of knows, she has a good idea of what her roles are. I mm. think that this season and the next season will probably get into the fact that now she knows what's going on, like all of us as we get older, then the world changes around us and we have to yeah. learn how to cope all over again. And it's some nice stuff they do with Tobias Menzies with that with regards to Prince Philip.
1: Yes, and there is um, just overall there is more doubt in this series I, in this season. I think just because with you know the world changing, that's I think that's what I like the most about it. It's that we're looking at a world that looks a little bit more similar to the one that we live in now. Mm. So they're looking they at the start of the series they bring in Harold Wilson as Prime Minister and he is um, a Labour government following a Conservative government. Yeah, so I'm I do a lot of,
2: following a lot of Conservative governments to the point where everyone thinks it's like this would never happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of nice, and they bring up quite often what. What is it like to have a country where you don't trust your leader, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I I like that. I like from seeing from both sides. From both sides, and I do like um, that they're trying. This season feels a little bit more self-aware than the ones before. Mm. I think. I think because yeah. the ones before always felt like they were BBC audiences mm. watching a BBC audience-made okay. show. So it was for a certain audience to watch. This one does seem to realize that they are calling to question, like, this, is this first Is world,
2: First World Problems of the series? Yeah,
1: and they do try to comment on that. They do try to say, we are struggling, but hey, guys, you're not really struggling. Come on. <laughs> so at least they are trying to do that in this one. I don't think the other two series even touched on that. But again, yeah, that's, like. that's
2: the changing times. It yeah. is like, what well, Game of Thrones is eight seasons over the course of probably eight years. This is like decades. The world changed a lot in those times mm-hmm, where yeah. it was all just deference. And she says there's a certain phrase I think it calls back to the earlier seasons of... Is it ceremony and mystery? Mm-hmm. Like That's how the crown survives. Because there is like, again, not a huge... Familiar with mm-hmm. the English monarchy or English history, but they were invited to be the monarchy. They're not like yep. going back to the, the line of King Arthur. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a set-up thing to give people something to look at. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? We look at them. We just <laughs> yeah. look at them all the time and we're kind of sick of looking at them. You know, there is that... There's that very kind of hairy moment. Again, these aren't really spoilers because it's kind of history. (laughs) But There's a hairy moment where it's like one of the royal family could be involved in a coup. Mm -hmm. I did not know that at all. I think it does do a good job Mm -hmm. of bringing some of that history to the forefront and like not being preachy about it and letting you figure things out.
0: So we've been talking about The Crown Season 3. Let us know if you guys have seen it or if you guys are interested to see it and what has been your favorite uh, you know, favorite scenes or favorite memories from watching The Crown. Uh, you can WhatsApp us at 018789899, Tweet us at skip intro my, or you can write us at movies at bfm.my. And after the break, we're going to continue our conversation on The Crown season three. We keep it here on Skip Intro BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from monotony. BFM eighty nine point nine. Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro with Iman, Ian and Julian and earlier we were talking about The Crown Season 3 and we've got a bit more to cover about it because there's so many things to like look into it and let's start I guess with the performances of Olivia Colman. What are your guys, uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Is, is the second episode the one about Margaret? It is, right? Yes. The second episode,
2: that was the one where it's like, okay, Olivia coleman has got this down, where there's just a silent scene of her reaction to news of what Margaret's been doing in the US.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So Margaret and Lord Snowden head to America, a tour of America to see... You know, to see Mr. To Krabs. Sp- yeah,
2: so it's basically to Clancy, Clancy good Brown word. is playing Lyndon Johnson. The moment, I don't know why they, they hit his face. It's like the moment you hear that voice, you're yeah. like, that's Clancy Brown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, I, I feel like this was supposed to be the equivalent of when JFK showed up in season two, mm. right? It's supposed to show Margaret's big. Not a debut, but you know her her use her job as mm. a royal instead of the just princess shows her worth. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting episode. I don't. I enjoyed Helena Bonham Carter as Princess Margaret. I have the same problem as I did with Vanessa Kirby, where I can't see her as Princess mm. Margaret, but I love her as Princess Margaret.
2: But just the the way that like Olivia Coleman's face goes through, like it's like the seven stages of denial with just the eyes and face. Yeah, mm. it's something as I realized as the series went on is that. I got used to Claire Foy staring at things or people <laughs> there's an awful lot of her acting in those first couple of seasons is just staring yeah
1: it's a thir- three quarter or side profile of her staring at something yeah
2: like, but even when she's staring like to figure out what to do in this situation what's the correct thing for her t- that she wants to do personally what's the thing she wants to do with the crown like there's just like I st- she stares a lot it took a while for me to get that Olivia Colman is the same character staring because she's staring in a slightly different way <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's st- this whole show is just staring matches you know <laughs> the queen rings her buzzer someone walks into her room she sits there and stares at them and just like, mm hmm, you're for it now because this is, I'm giving you the silence and the stare. But I do kind
1: of like it. It yeah. makes me feel like, you know, she is a queen kind of 20, 30 years into her tenure as queen. Mm. And, um, but also, having an older queen kind of gives a little bit of leeway where they she can play with being an older queen. Mm. So mm-hmm. there are bits that are kind of weirdly comic in a war room I guess that's supposed to be a bit serious. Yeah there's you,
2: moments I think her her relationship with uh, Jason Watkins as Harold Wilson like just develops beautifully over the season that you think like he comes in as like the Labour Prime Minister and he's the working man's working man and mm-hmm. the secrets behind that and just the way their relationship changes and develops you get to see some humour you get to see some friendliness. I didn't think they'd be able to do that again with mm-hmm. the way they did with John Lithgow and with the with other Winston, uh, yeah. guys Churchill. with Winston Churchill. And I didn't think they'd be able to do it again. But as you go through, it's like, that is really good at this. They know exactly what they're doing. They build yeah. it.
1: And I do like um, some of the choices that they've made in the first half of the season, right? Mm. Um, looking at Aberfan, The Crisis in 1966. Mm. I had no idea That's about it.
2: The, this is basically, if you haven't seen the show yet, this is the awards one. Yeah. This is like... The the Queen's barely in it.
1: This is episode three. We're going to push the boat out in episode three, guys. This
2: is about the coal mine in Wales that collapsed and killed like tens of people. I guess it's not really, again, it's not a spoiler, but like I had no, I think I'd heard someone talk about it and that's how I knew about it, but I had no clue what was going on.
1: You can kind of feel. I mean, I think they've done it really well because you can kind of feel a city or a country kind of moving and bubbling because people are calling in question policies and people yeah. who have mm-hmm. been put in power in the way that the first two seasons did not because mm. you're looking at a changing country. And of course, uh, if we're moving forward, we're going to be able to see a young Princess Anne and a young Prince Charles. Yeah. Erin
2: Doherty and Josh O'Connor are great in those roles. Like the, the the Princess Anne in particular, the way they introduce her is not... What you expect? They do that nicely, where they do show something. I would like to be a fly on the wall in Windsor Palace, or Buckingham Palace, when they're watching this actual show and what they think. Like, oh, they got they got that right, mummy. You know the, the that kind of element of it. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, with everything that's going on in the news at the moment, season six, is the present day, is going to be a howler with Prince Andrew and everything that's going on
0: there. Okay, let me just ask you guys. Uh, we've talked a bit about some of the performances in, in the in this season, right? Who do you think is the MVP of season three? <laughs>
1: My favorite's Princess Anne, mm. for sure. Every time she's on screen. Because she's supposed to be the teenager and she moves into her early 20s by the end of the season. Yeah. And she is a kid in the late 60s and early 70s. She's, but she just also happens to be a princess. And she has that awful accent that they all have. Yeah,
2: The only way you can describe that accent is horsey. They yeah. have a horsey accent. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and and that's magnificent hair, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it's not even a bouffant. I don't even know what it is. It's a Princess Anne It's Princess haircut. Anne's hair, yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah, and she brings a lot of light and energy to the scenes that she's in. I kind of enjoy her a lot.
2: And as someone who grew up seeing Princess Anne on the news and TV, <laughs> you're like, that's not the role I was expecting <laughs> at all. Because yeah. Again, because the external, what you see of them is so footy-duddy and you know controlled and uncomfortable and it's it's great to see the side of things mm-hmm. it is interesting that like they've set out like with a nice um cushion to do like the, the six seasons with 10 episodes per decade
1: yes mm-hmm.
2: um it's unusual for shows to do that kind of long form thinking and it's like they've built in a nice like a, a, a trap door. there's a tv show called babylon 5 where the guy set out to write like lord of the rings in space okay. but with 22 episodes a season and as a result scheduling writers leaving actors leaving all sorts of things he had to have multiple characters who could have fill multiple roles at any one so time you know what so he should have rotated.
1: done he should have done a show about the queen yes that's he what he should, oh, have, he done. should have just said
2: sort of, like space it out ten, space yeah. space it out every 10 years it's
0: like oh he's bald now why 10 years dude 10 years
1: i when have you got an mvp
0: uh, well, I have to admit, I've only seen until uh, episode three, but so far, I really do like Olivia Combs' performance. I think she does carry that sort of, like, a better maturity in the role. Um, she she is obviously more experienced as a queen, and her acting is very subtle. Like you mentioned earlier, Ian, she shows, like, seven different facial emotions in, like, one shot. And, I mean, her as a person, she is very likable, isn't she? And she's very, like, warm as a person. And I think... Uh, So far, I really love her performances, but I'm interested to see how the uh, season uh, goes on and whether they push the Queen as a character to like um, more like... Conflicts and stuff like that Like they did in um, In the Abba Van episode Mm. It's interesting
2: you say that Because she actually Admits herself that she's not A very warm person Mm -hmm. And there is that element Of like the horror Of having to be a public person And be at like big events And show emotion when To perform Yeah when you can't even She she admits herself She doesn't really Show emotion Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do think, think the, the moment that uh, Tobias Menzies shows emotion as Prince Philip in that Aberfan episode, like that, that movie is just like, that episode is just like awards clips. It is. By basically, yeah. It's like tugs at the heartstrings. The acting's amazing. Just the way they portray a disaster is amazing. That's one of the best hours of television I think I've seen this year, nearly.
1: I do have to say, though, I don't know how excited I am for season four, just because I think the series kind of lets itself down by the end of it mm. uh, with the Brilliant. choices that they make, with the story that they do over the decade. But, But, But I think what's going to keep me coming back is... The same thing that kept me coming back for this one—it's complete curiosity of a family that you obviously you don't get to see a back door into, right? Mm. You don't get to see their everyday going going on and their the don't thought process. See, yeah, you
2: don't get to see their uh, aunt who is also a smoking nun from Greece. Yeah, I had no idea that was coming. Yeah, and um, of
1: course we get to see we get to move into the '90s where we get to see some stuff. Yeah, and we've introduced Camilla, Camilla Shand as she's known now. She's mm. not Camilla Parker Bowles yet, but we got to see Camilla. We get to see Charles. We get to see Andrew Parker. And Roddy Llewellyn, yes. So it's it's pure curiosity. I don't know what else I need for me to be able to really get back into the season the way that season two did.
0: Hmm. And what, what what I'm looking forward in the upcoming episodes or even the next season is how, I want to see how they will develop Princess Margaret, right? Because from what I've seen in, in uh, season three so far, she hasn't really developed or changed that much from uh, season really one and two. Did
1: not use Helena Bottom Carter the way they could.
0: Yeah, because like. That's-
2: that kind of like that's like fiction mirroring life unfortunately <laughs> there is
0: that element of it yeah. yeah I'm just thinking like in season one and two it was all about her uh, she's all like oh I'm always second best I want to show my talent I was made to become queen I was born for this role and it's the same thing in season three as well like it's the same kind of struggles that, that she faces and uh, you know in my mind I'm like okay I get it but then what's beyond that right mm. uh, that's why I, was, why I want to see in the upcoming episodes I hope they do more with her uh, if not this season, then in season four.
2: I do wonder as well if when they get to the 80s, if they're going to let... Because the 80s and nostalgia is a huge thing and there's a lot more content available from then. You know, they are watching yeah. live television broadcasts most of the time. Even the t- pro- TV programs that were scripted were recorded or broadcast live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's listening to the radio or the wireless and, you know, having vinyl. Like, the, when those things come up, I wonder will they address that? Because, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the shoulder pads and the big hair. <laughs> but will the pop culture side of it come in because there is a the show is very it's not a monotonous in tone but it has a very maintained tone and it looks amazing like so many I've never seen so many beautiful spiral staircases set to such <laughs> great music in my life there's a the moment where Charles Dance is walking out of his old office yeah. and it's like you're looking up and it's just the music swells and you're like damn that's some fine architecture and I wonder if they're going to let that bleed in a little bit more. Because, yeah. again, it's as time goes by, they're getting more and more grounded.
1: Yeah, you get the feeling that the privilege, the atmosphere, the monarchy, it's all you know contained within the palace, right? Yeah. And They're mm-hmm. all there, and the world is happening outside. Sometimes you get a glimpse into it. Prin- you know, Princess Anne listens to the radio. Yeah, and or whoever's playing
2: them. next door in uh, Charles's uh, dorm room. <laughs> is like, turn that music down.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I
2: don't, think the series I don't needs see it. It, it doesn't yeah. need to seek out that age nostalgia. It's going to be interesting if... They factor that in because it will become more, I mean, you know, at some point they're going to have stupid ringtones. Like the the royals probably, you know, everyone, someone in the royal family had Crazy Frog at some point. (laughs) So they can't really ignore it. And it's a funny joke.
0: So we've been talking about The Crown Season 3 which has been about for I guess a week and a bit uh, now. Um, let us know have you guys seen it and what are your thoughts on it? You can WhatsApp us at 18 789 tweet us at skipintromy or you can write us at movies at bfm.my